0: blog talk radio
1: interviewing your favorite musicians comedians and other creative souls this is the carrie edelman show
0: hey everyone and welcome to the carrie edelman show we have an awesome interview tonight we have the hard rock band. Art of Dying, that is going to be coming on momentarily. We have the lead singer, Johnny Heather, Heatherington, sorry about that, who will be calling in and tonight we're going to be promoting their new EP, Rise Up, along with his gourmet habanero hot sauce product that he has a Kickstarter campaign out for right now. So before I bring him on, just want to introduce uh, everyone to my show if you're new and tuning in tonight. I started the show approximately four years ago to create a forum to bring people on in the entertainment industry to support and help promote them and spread the word about who they are and what they do. A little bit about my background: um, I have a passion for entertainment. I'm a singer-songwriter, and I also do some writing on the side. And then I have my radio show. And my um, other passion is my career, which is as a clinical psychologist. So I really wanted to combine my interviewing skills, my passion for the entertainment industry, and create a form to support people because. I know how challenging and difficult this can be, especially when people are independently trying to do things on their own. So on my show tonight, you're going to get a really good taste of what these people's lives are like, what it's like to be in the profession. Although I mentioned I'm a clinical psychologist, um, please keep in mind that my show is purely meant for entertainment purposes. We're not doing any uh, formal therapy or assessment. Sometimes we will talk about um, psychological concepts maybe in more of an educational format because... The entertainment industry uh, definitely can sometimes utilize a lot of that stuff, but again, it will be for more educational purposes. And also, please keep in mind if anyone wants to share any humiliating, embarrassing, uh, entertaining stories, please feel free to do so, but just keep any identifying information out because we don't want to personally embarrass or humiliate anyone. So if you're tuning in now, please create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com. If you want to call in, the number is 805 1320, 20 and um, please keep in mind because i'm a one person show i do have a chat room open but it's going to be very challenging for me to go back and forth when i'm really going to be honed in on the interview so let me do some background to bring uh art of dying up to date with everyone here and give a little bit of information about who they are and then we'll bring johnny on so art of dying is a major national hard rock band these guys have been around for over a decade i can't believe Got more when I was reading about them. Uh, their album Vices and Virtues, as you know, has had many hit singles, off of it, including Die Trying, Get Through This, and Sorry, to name a few. The band has toured with national acts such as Disturbed, Five Finger Death Punch, Apocalyptica, and Hailstorm, to name a few, as well as they have been featured on some major festivals such as Rock on the Range and Carolina Rebellion. Tonight we're going to be promoting their new EP, Rise Up, which features the title track hit single, as well as a really amazing song that they also have on it titled Everything, and we're going to check those out tonight. And in addition to that, we're going to talk about um, a new venture that uh, Johnny is doing. He is a gourmet chef, and we're going to be promoting and supporting his Kickstarter campaign. He's got some gourmet habanero hot sauce products out right now that are really doing well, and he needs that extra boost to get these things to the market and be able to fulfill uh, his product line that he has. All right, so without further ado, let's bring Johnny on. Hey, Johnny, how are you?
2: I am great. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on, Karen. Good,
0: good. Absolutely. Thank you for joining me. It's a pleasure to support the band as well as your uh, product that we're going to be talking about tonight.
2: Yeah, thanks so much. You know, it's uh, it's been a, a totally new thing for me to be... Uh, uh, when I'm not on tour to be home uh, in my kitchen, just kind of coming up with hot sauce flavors, which is a lot of fun.
0: Nice, nice. So we're going to get into a lot because I have tons of questions. I love people who are entrepreneurs, and I always find it fascinating when people are doing things like that. So we're going to definitely talk about that a little bit later. All right? Cool. So, um, yeah, just yeah, to start out, I always like to do some background information and just really get to know a little bit about who you are as a person, and then we'll we'll bring everyone up to speed with the band and when it forms. So tell us a little bit about just growing up in Canada, what that was like for you, you know, some of your interests as a kid, some interesting stuff that people might not read about you in other places.
2: Yeah, totally. You know, not many people know that I'm an Alberta boy, so I grew up uh, just north of Montana in uh a province called Alberta and you know we're famous for our beef and our oil <laughs> so we're, we're kind of okay. like Texas Texas Canada basically um so that's where i grew up and and you know my um my dream was to move to either Vancouver or Toronto and uh and sing and that's kind of you know i i i've been singing since as long as i can remember and uh and that's exactly what i did you know started to Think about forming bands, and then eventually made my way out of here to the west coast, where where I met uh, wonderful musicians like Jeff Brown, who who is the drummer nice. for Art of Dying, and he he connected me to uh, Kale and Tavis, who were actually in Toronto, which is a couple thousand miles away, and we formed Art of Dying back in um, I guess yeah, you're right. It's been a while now, hey. <laughs> 2004-ish,
0: right? Around 2004, right?
2: Yeah, you know we hadn't we hadn't yeah. connected all four of us back then. Um, that was really the the infancy stages where where Greg and I, former former founding mem- member Greg Bradley and I, were just right. kind of slugging it out in Vancouver, and um, we hadn't quite met Jeff and Caitlin and Tavis yet. Which um, okay. y- you know that was just magical when the four of us finally got together. So
0: well, let's real quick. I want to digress just a tiny bit. Um, just to, again, to get some more background information, then we're going to get to the story because I want to hear some more stories of behind, you know, how you guys all got connected with each other. I always find that very interesting. So, you know, just before you got into music, was there other stuff that you did as a little kid? Like, were you into sports or anything, or were you purely just into singing and music?
2: Yeah, I, I played hockey as a kid. That was I, it's pretty much a pre- prerequisite here in Canada to play hockey. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it, you know. Like a, that was a big part of my childhood. Um, okay. You know, I had a great hockey dad and a great hockey mom, and um, you know, so it wouldn't wasn't uncommon to be freezing my ass off at five in the morning at a hockey rink before school, and um, it, wow. it was great. You know, that was that was a huge part of of my childhood, and you know, a lot of people probably some people know, but many, many don't. That both my parents are United Church ministers, so I grew up in oh, wow, okay. uh, in a church. Yeah, which was kind of like a very unique perspective as, uh, you know, to have... I would go to work with my dad when I was, you know, just a little kid and have the run of the place. So I'd be, you know, in the sanctuary, empty, and I'd be up, you know, playing the the pipe organ and singing my heart out to, you know, a crowd of zero, and um, it was kind of my playground. So... Uh, I guess that just came naturally that I'm kind of following in my dad's footsteps of being on the stage like that, you know?
0: Right, right. And how old were you about when you started to do that, like when you were in the church and you started singing and and doing that type of stuff? Single digits,
2: for sure. Like, you know, seven, eight, I was definitely, uh, you know, hammering away on the pipe organ and and singing and and playing my dad's dad's guitar at the church, where, incidentally, I discovered my first dead body. Which was pretty cool. <laughs> oh
0: God. <laughs> how did you how <laughs> well, did you encounter you know, I, that?
2: I was just a curious kid, right? And uh like I said, I had the run of the place when my when my dad would take me to the church and one day I saw this really nice shiny purple box on a on a table and I just decided to open it and see what was inside and, and it was a dead dead old lady. Oh,
1: God. oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what, I was kinda like- Go ahead.
2: It was very – it was my standby me moment, you know. I was just uh, – I, I shut the lid really quick and didn't know how to feel or what to do. And, um, yeah, it was kind of a spooky spooky childhood moment.
0: Yeah, definitely eerie. Um, any specific reactions to that? Did you go see your dad and say, oh, my gosh, or, you know, did anything come out of that?
2: No, I kept it under wraps for a few years. (laughs) I was like, oh, my God, I don't want anyone to know I just did that. So uh, I think I was just too young to understand. But, you know, it's funny how all of those experiences come back to even the band name Art of Dying. You know, it's uh, always been this kind of um, uh, process of dealing with life and death and, and our limited time here and how precious that is.
0: And while we're on that topic, when you said Art of Dying, how did you guys, what's the like concept or what's the meaning behind that name? Like, how did you come up with it?
2: Many, many conversations, you know, about um, about our fragility, you know, as humans. And uh, crazy, today, even just in my life, I, I was just visiting a storefront where, uh, where the, the owner is dying of cancer. And, you know, it's become very, very obvious um right. and it ju- it just really uh, you know it was sorry but it was just like before this call that i was dealing with him and um it it upset me a lot you know just to to sure. you know to have to see that and and to know that this man suffering and i've always i've always been drawn to those subjects i guess and i guess we all are you know as humans we're just always thinking a little bit about our mortality or uh, mm-hmm. what if you know and, especially in cities, you know, you're kind of always living in that, what if, you know, a bus <laughs> took me out today or, or whatever. Right. So,
0: sure. Yeah. That
2: the band name is definitely something the four of us really, you know, we have long, long chats late at night on the bus about, uh, about what we're trying to do with our lives. And, um, you know, we hope, we really hope that we're, uh, on the right track to leave a musical legacy that, uh, that affects people in a positive
0: way. Well, I can say personally for me, I mean, just while we're talking, you know, briefly about the music and then we're going to start getting into that, you know, I think all of your songs are written in such a way that people can, you know, interpret them in their own way and apply them. Like any time I listen to your music, it's like I can relate to that in my own, you know, personal way. And it really does impact me and it it, has major meaning for me personally. And I think that you guys write music in such a way that, I mean, every song could be a hit single. I mean, it's just, yeah, major talent that you guys have. And so, personally, for me, I think you're making a huge impact, and I'm sure you are for, you know, everyone out there, too.
2: Thanks. Yeah, you know, and, and we write these songs for ourselves at the end of the day, and, you know, people will uh, tell me how important a song like Best I Can or Get Through This is
1: to them, mm-hmm. and,
2: and you know, I'm very thankful for that, but at the same time I, I usually respond by saying, Well, they're just as important to me. You know, those songs help right. me through through the tough moments of my life too. So, you know, it, it's definitely a feeling of um being in a human community and being in a musical community and and, and being able to share those um tough moments together.
0: Definitely. Definitely. All right, cool. I mean, thank you for some really cool stuff that you shared that, again, I, you know, I really like to try to make my interviews very individualized. Um, You know, I don't want to just ask cookie cutter questions. So it's some really great stuff. And I appreciate you sharing that, that I, you know, I didn't read anywhere else. So so let's fast forward a little bit. And you you go to high school, etc. When do you start to, like, get involved in your first band and, you know, incorporate to let us know, did you go to college at all? Was that something you were interested in? Or it was just, you know, full force you were going to do music?
2: Definitely full force into music uh I made the okay. decision probably when I was about thirteen that that's all I wanted to do. um I kind of stopped playing hockey and started uh singing in bands and i you know I was in a town of maybe six thousand people at that time, and you mm-hmm. know it wasn't there wasn't like a huge uh section in the back of the local newspaper of people starting bands or anything it was just you know. Uh, do you know anyone that plays guitar? <laughs> do you know right. anybody that has has a drum kit? <laughs> so it's kind of right. that that kind of thing. But we did. We found just the right mix of people that um that did have instruments and were passionate. And I think, you know, that's a great um that's a great thing in itself that I think any town, anywhere, um, music brings people together and, and that was definitely how I felt about it. So I followed that dream and and just kept going. You know, um, I, I finished high school. Um, I guess I was a bit of a nerd at that time because I just you know had good grades and I was able to get out of school um, early. And and okay. yeah, and actually that's where I started my love of cooking. You know, I I stopped. I, I was able in grade twelve to just go to school in the mornings and I started uh, cooking in the afternoons uh, at a catering company. Um, to kind of Very fuel cool. my mu- musical aspirations, you know, and, and buy gear. And, um,
0: so and basically, anyone, yeah, I started... real quick, Johnny, was there anyone that inspired you with the cooking? Like where did, you know, as we're starting to incorporate other stuff, where did that interest come into play? I mean, was someone in your family into gourmet cooking where you just always had a passion for, you know, food and stuff like that? <sighs>
2: Yeah, you know, I think I grew up in the kitchen with my mom. Definitely, mm-hmm. um, that was that was our room where we hung out most of most of the time. So I was around. Um, you know, there wasn't a lot of dining out or or ordering in in my family. It was a lot of home cooking, and then, uh, uh, you know, my brother actually pulled me into that job for the catering company, and there was a bunch of okay, um, just the local riff raff youth. <laughs> we we were all working at this place together. And so we all really enjoyed ourselves, and there was a couple, a couple, you know, like leaders in that uh, scene that be- went on to become Red Seal chefs and and follow that for their dream, and and I felt like you know myself, I was along for the ride, and just got to learn a lot of uh, a lot of skills that I you know Very I treasure fair. today, because I'm able to, as as you can see on my Instagram and my Twitter and stuff, you know, when I'm not touring, I'm home. Cooking and grilling and trying to come up with um, with really great recipes and and try to present them really well and it's just, it's it's just a you know a side passion that's fun and, and it's not it is it's kind of cool to have something one thing to be in life that's a little non musical
0: right and I think that's what and I was going to say that later but I'll tie that in now I think that's what's really cool too is that. You know, it's cool to see people doing stuff outside of music. You know, a lot of times when I interview people, I'll say, you know, what are some of your interests? What are some things that you like to do outside of it? And it's like uh, nothing. Like this is what I do 24-7. So I find it really <laughs> cool when someone does have a new passion or something outside of the music industry. And, you know, what? it's still creative. You know, it, it, cooking is a is an art. So it's, you know what I mean? But that's awesome. It's really cool.
2: Totally. And it's it's something you need to do any anyway, you know. Like you need to eat every day, so you might as well put some passion into it and have some fun with it and, 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 you know, learn a little bit along the way. So.
0: Right. Okay. So let's fast forward to how do you, how do you hook up with um, Greg Bradley who was, you know, I know he's your former guitarist. I was reading about that, but um you know, you guys kind of co-founded it together. So what was the interaction where you met him or the story behind that? <laughs>
2: um... Yeah, it's a great story. You know, I when I moved to Vancouver, I didn't know how to play guitar and um and I definitely was working on, you know, my singing voice and just trying to marry that with an instrument. So I started playing on the street. I just uh, you know, I started busking in on street corners um as a tool just to, you know, to get my chops up. And uh Greg and and his buddies were walking down the street one night and they just heard my voice from a few blocks away and followed my voice. And there I was (laughs) sitting on the the (laughs) concrete singing my heart out. And they basically had a little band going already and just said, Hey man, we really like your voice. We'd love to, uh, we'd love for you to come jam with us. And and that's how we met. So, you know, I saw Greg, Greg two, two days ago and he's still, you know, been my best friend through those years. It's been like a long time now that since we uh, had that little discovery,
0: Right, right, and if you, and again, it's whatever you feel comfortable, you know, answering or talking about. Was Was there any reason he decided to move on? Was it just that kind of time in his life where it was like, you know, I've been doing this for a really long time, and he wanted to venture out and do other things?
2: Yeah, you know, it was it was hard for us because um, it was during recording of the record, and oh, really? I think that speaks okay. to yeah, I think that speaks to how difficult um this record was to make for us you know it was uh it was not an easy record to make it was very challenging um musically and um spiritually and just everything you know it's a it's a dark dark record in many many ways yeah. and I'm, I'm i'm really proud of it you know and and it's not out yet so it's like there's the five song eps out there and you can right. already get a taste that this is a lot different than um, than vices and virtues. And I think the more people, well, when we, re- when we release the rest, people will definitely see, um, that there's a different side of art of dying that they, they probably didn't know about. And I, and I think it was great that we were able to embrace the darkness. Um, and still, there's still some lights, you know, out there and, and mm-hmm. some hopefulness, but at the same, same time, we were all going through some shit and, uh, and Greg, I think, took the hardest of that. You know, he he really uh, was at a point in his life where he needed to make a decision for himself, and that was his decision. So, at the end of the day, okay. all we could do was respect it and, right. um, you know, try and try and move on.
0: So, in terms of so, Greg didn't fully record on the whole entire album. Then you just had um the other guitarist do the rest of the work on the album. Then uh, Tavis? Yeah
2: Gre- Greg was there for most of the uh, the process okay. and he did yeah he did wind up on the album Tavis took the majority of, of um, the playing role which happens a right. lot in, in situations like um, with producers like David Bendeth, where um, you know you're on a time crunch and, and you just you know sometimes right. it's flowing really well and sometimes you just keep going you know and Tav Tav has that flow in the studio where he's just able to Uh, you know, burn the candle at both ends and and just get, you know, a lot of work done in in a short period of time.
0: Nice. Very nice. Wow. Yeah, it sounds like, like you're saying, it was definitely, and I can definitely hear, it's definitely an edgier music. It's definitely heavier. It's darker. So, I mean, I love it. It's great. But it's, it's showing a different side of you guys, and I think that's great that you guys were able to, like you said, despite the fact that it might not have been, the best time you were going through, I think it really does capture another dynamic that you guys didn't show as much in vice and in virtues, so.
2: Yeah, it's, it's all there on tape, <laughs> that's for sure. You know, there was a lot of frustration um, with within that situation that leaving. There was, um, you know, my, there was some personal stuff going on, too. Like, my dad was re-diagnosed with cancer while we were making the record. Oh, sorry. Um,
1: yeah, wow. so it's a a really tough.
2: Tough tough time, you know, but uh I believe that's what music is there for is to deal with, with those hard times and to help you know help uh at least put a band aid on the situation, you know?
0: hmm. Definitely. Well let's do it. We're talking a little bit about, you know, Rise Up the E P right now. Let's let's check out the title track, which is uh it's an amazing song. And, uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about just maybe where, where were you when you wrote that? Like, where were you, were you in a certain area? You know, how did that kind of title come to your mind and that concept for that song?
2: You know, it's good. It's good. You know, we um, we started to write differently on this record, and I started to take a lot more riffs uh, from everyone in the band and and just try and see what inspired me. And that riff for Rise Up was written by our drummer, uh Jeff Brown and it just you know he plays guitar as well which a lot of people probably don't know and and it just really grabbed me and I I started to connect to it right away um so there's this really great coffee shop in Vancouver called Milano uh and the owner lets me uh kind of jam there at night so I just, <laughs> I just went into the back of this coffee shop and cranked up the riff and um and got all the melodies really really quickly and then the next day i came home and it was it was probably i think 2 days before we left for new jersey to make the record right. um and i just i let the rest pour out on the piano and uh wrote all the lyrics at home and i think i was really you know to be honest i think i was really uh, speaking of the challenge of going to make the record um
1: mm-hmm. you know
2: how much pressure we were under and you know we were writing like 50 songs and f- taking 100 riffs and you know getting them down to the top 40. <laughs> um, we wow. really we pressure ourselves. You know we like we like to uh, let the cream rise to the top and you know we definitely uh, pressure ourselves. So we were under a lot of pressure and I think Rise Up was just you know those words came to me as a personal personal challenge to go kill it in the studio.
0: Nice. Well, we definitely did that. No pun intended. Um, So let's do that. We're going to check out Rise Up. All right, I'll put you on hold, Johnny, and then we'll come back and uh, do some more interviewing and eventually get into your uh, Hot Sauce products. All right? Sounds good. Okay, hold on. All right, everyone, you're listening to Johnny Hetherington from the hard rock band Art of Dying. We're going to check out The hit single Rise Up, which is off of their EP right now, and stay tuned because their full-length album will be coming out at some point in the near future. We'll talk with them a little bit about that when we get up. But here we go. Check out Rise Up, and we'll be back. welcome back to the Carrie Edelman show again, rise up off of the title track on the EP from art of dying. And it's an amazing song. Check out the five songs that they have out right now. It's a, it's a great EP and I'm really looking forward to see what's to come when they do release the full album. So i uh, downloaded download it on iTunes or any of the digital sites. All right, let's bring Johnny back on. All right, Johnny, great song, really good stuff. Thanks.
2: Yeah, we're really proud of that, yeah. man. You know, it's it was a thrill to have uh, our brother, Dan Donigan come out in, from Disturb that's and great. play on that track, too.
0: Yeah, yeah, really great. I saw that he was featured. I'm sorry I forgot to mention that. I did have it in my notes, but um, that's great. Why don't <laughs> we have a couple hey, t- quick question, Doug?
2: I was going to say, it's all good. He, he, uh, he came out, he played on the song and then he came out and did the video with, for with us as well. Um, which was another story cause he had to freeze his butt off in a snowbank with us in Toronto. It was pretty funny. <laughs> oh,
0: gosh. I'll have to check out the video. I didn't actually see the video. I'll have to check that out. Well, what's the concept of the video?
2: Yeah, you totally have to check it out. It's, it was a huge video for us because, um, uh, you know, we created this whole kind of, uh, group of people that are, uh, kind of living against the grain. Um, okay. and yeah, I don't want to give away too much, but, uh, it, it's cool. It's very theatrical and, uh, but we're still in it. It's filmed in, in the snow, which is pretty fun. Uh, I don't think Dan knew that it was going to be in the snow when he agreed to come <laughs> and do it. So, but he's a yeah. trooper. He's a trooper, so cool. it was nice to have him out and do uh, and do his part. That was cool.
0: Very cool, and we'll get back to him because I want to ask just a couple of questions. Because I know he also played a big role in, you know, you guys basically starting to really get out there. So we'll, we'll get into that in a second. But um, just before I forget, I wanted to ask a question regarding the actual album cover with the the teardrop coming from the eye. What what was your thoughts behind that in terms of using that? Um, you know, it's the focal point of the album cover. It's, it's really cool.
2: Yeah, totally. You know, it, it's kind of become a symbol for us, um, which which you'll see on the uh, the rest of the album artwork when that when the album comes out. So it's kind of a, a teaser at the artwork as well as the music. Um, you know, we talk a lot about um, our beliefs and uh, and and what we stand for in in this world when we're out on the road together as a band. And I think, you know, we, we, uh, we really feel that there's a, there's a, it's, it's a time now for transparency and a time now for a lot of things that, um, that people don't want to face, but are happening around us. So I think the teardrop and and that, um, that I really reflect that it's, there's time for change right now. Cool.
0: Very cool. You break just you know you're breaking up a little bit at times. I don't know if it's maybe where you're located, but because we just had one in and out a couple of times, and I can hear you from the most part pretty good. Okay, cool. Um, I'll cool.
2: I'll move around.
0: <laughs> okay, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, we don't want to we don't want to lose all the good content you're talking about. So why don't we let's digress a little bit and talk about um, how Tavis came into the picture and Jeff Brown because we were saying earlier we were going to you know kind of come to fruition in terms of having these other members all aligned for you guys to form this amazing band?
2: Yeah, you know, it it actually goes back to um, Dan Donegan, um invited us to come and open for Disturbed on a North American tour. And, mm-hmm. you know, at that point we knew that uh, we needed to step up our game if we were going to go on a tour like that. And I think there was a couple – a couple of members in the band at that point that, that we just weren't, uh, you know, they were, they were good guys. They just didn't, I don't think they shared our complete vision. So, um, we knew that. And Jeff, Jeff and Greg and I knew that. And Jeffy you know, said, I, I, I know these two guys that are amazing dudes out in Toronto. We should, you know, and we're going out to Canadian music week in Toronto. We should really hook up with them. So he right. connected us all. And, and, we uh we sat down and had a beer together and the five of us just got on like like we've been old buddies for a long time so i think it became obvious like instantly that we uh had a connection more than just um well obviously more than just music because we've never played together at that point
0: <laughs> right right so no, was, that's great
2: it, yeah and we knew they were, you know they played in a, a canadian band called thornley which uh
0: oh which my was, god um, well, i remember that band
2: yeah, Ian Thornley from Big Wreck. So they they were with Ian yeah. at the time. And so we knew they were already world-class musicians. And, you know, that wasn't really um, debatable. It was just like, okay, do we get along or not? And we did. So right. um, about a month later, we met in Calgary in Western Canada and played our first show together um, without ever rehearsing together. You know, they, they, they flew in, uh, learned the songs. We drove in and had a long sound check, and the rest was history.
0: Wow, very cool. And real quick, how, again, did Dan get notice of you guys in terms of, you know, you and Jeff and Greg? You know, how did it come to be that he, that you guys got his attention? Because I I thought there was an interesting story behind that.
2: Yeah, you know, I I was and always will be a relentless (laughs) self-promoter, so there when we were independent, you know, I never left my house without a CD in my pocket. And, uh, Mm -hmm. and that, that just led to a lot of networking. And I I met a guy named Jimmy Wallers um, Mm -hmm. who's from Boston and he became a fan of what I was doing and he got a CD to Dan and and just said, Hey, you're going to get a call from this guy, Dan Donigan." I gave him your number. And uh, you know, it was just a lot of networking. You know, Dan was really, Impressed with the fact that we had already been to England a couple of times and, um, you know, he was impressed that we had a a big following online and I think he was just, you know, really loved the independent record, which we released in 2007, I think. Um, So he had that and and he just, you know, really became a fan of the band and, and, you know, vice versa, we became a a big fan of Dan and, and David and all the boys. So to this day, you know, it's just uh, there's a lot that Disturbs done for us, and we just love those guys, and uh, they're, you know, four of the nicest guys in rock and roll for sure.
0: Cool. Very cool. So um, in terms of the, the new album, like you said, you worked with um David Benedict on it, and he's produced some pretty big bands like Of Mice and Men and Breaking and Benjamin. What was and – and it's not – like a question in terms of why did you choose this versus that, but you worked with Howard Benson on the you know your vices and virtues, and then was there any reason to still or you just wanted a different you know ear so to speak in terms of a different perspective?
2: Yeah, we really leaned on um, our label. Uh, we signed a new deal with Alan Kovac um, and Eleven Seven Records, and and okay. they you know we leaned on their experience as to you know Alan kind of a and would it himself and. Um, wanted us to work with David. I, I felt like that really came from the label. Um, but David's okay. a former Cana- he's a former Canadian um, and lives in New Jersey. So, you know, we had some intel on our own <laughs> of people that had said, you know, you got to make a record with David Benda. He, he would really kill it for you guys. So we had him on our radar. And then, you know, once nice. we got there and started working together, it was just natural.
0: Very cool. And and you signed, like you said, it's it's Better Noise, right, which is a part of the eleven seven record. That's who you're with now.
2: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, the eleven seven group, Better Noise, it's all uh, it's all under the same umbrella, which is, you know, Papa Roach and Motley Crue and Five Finger Death Punch and a lot of our Very a lot cool. of friends actually that, that we uh that we've made over the years. It's it's great to be there.
0: That's great. And you originally went a different label, right, in terms of your prior album, you were with the reprise Warner Brothers.
2: Yeah, and that was actually Dan Donegan and David Draymond's label from Disturbed. Um so they had an imprint right. on Warner Brothers, which they signed us to after that West or after that uh, that first tour we went on, they they approached us shortly after and, and wanted to sign us to their label, which led to the Howard Benson record and, and Bites and Virtues. Very cool.
0: Very cool. All right. So let's do this, let's check out um, everything, which is, it's a great track and, you know, very different from Rise Up, so to speak, in terms of the musical, you know, presentation of it, but still, it's it's great, it really showcases your voice, and you tell us a little bit about that song, and when you wrote that, what the meaning was behind that one?
2: Yeah, you know, great flow to this interview, because everything just kind of uh, is working chronologically. So we actually wrote that song uh, on that tour with Disturbed. We were in our dressing room um, after our set and uh, you could hear Disturbed in the background on our, on the, you know, playing their show and we're sitting in our dressing room having a well-deserved beer and, and pulled out the acoustic guitar and we were just writing everything at that moment. So it, it, again, it was one of those songs that just came real quick, the melodies, um, the flow just happened, and then when we got home from that tour, I finished the lyrics, um, just about a real, uh, I think it's obvious, but maybe not some people, but I was in a real struggle in a relationship at that moment, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, it just came out as that conversation that I needed to have with myself and and that other person.
0: Okay. Yeah, it's a great song. I mean, again, very relatable And uh, you know, universal in terms of the uh the content and the lyrics, so it was good stuff. So let's uh we'll check that out and then we'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more about, you know, any upcoming shows you guys have when you anticipate release an album and then we'll get into talking about your uh, hot slots products to uh promote that. All right. Okay. Okay, hold on. Alright everyone, again uh, Johnny Hetherington from Art of Dying We're going to check out their other single That they have out right now Titled Everything off of the EP Rise Up So let's uh, take a listen And we'll be back
1: night Wake up from the cold Fight. Yeah, we broke them all You were right, but I needed you to know All I want is every phone I hit the street, I can clear my head Under the heat, love me alright I miss every word I said All I
0: Welcome back to the Carrie Edelman Show. Again, another amazing track titled Everything Off of the Rise Up EP by Art of Dying, which is out now. So, again, be sure to uh, download a copy of it and uh, check it out. All right, Johnny, great, great song. I love that one. Actually, I've, I've repeated that one numerous times on my uh, <laughs> iPod when listening to it, so it's great.
2: Awesome.
0: Really cool stuff. So when do you guys be in, uh, anticipate releasing the full length?
2: You know, we've been trying to work on that with our label uh, all summer and fall long. Um, I think now we're looking at early 2016. Um, It's getting late in the year for us right now, but we're still working on an exact date. It's a little bit uh, frustrating because we do want the whole record out um, for all our fans. Although, you know, having the five songs is kind of a, a nice little buffer zone. So we're glad to have those on. I think it's everywhere. You know, iTunes, Spotify,
0: pretty much everywhere. Nice, nice, cool. So um, yeah, again, I think it's I think it's a cool thing. I think it's a pretty strategic move today with the way the industry is to you know maybe release a you know a three song or five song EP and then follow up with the full length. I think that's I think that's actually a good thing sometimes.
2: Yeah, it definitely can be for sure.
0: Cool. So here's a question I have, and again, I I think I think you look great both ways, but what made you cut your hair?
2: You know, when we made the record, <laughs> it definitely felt like um like there was a change in the air. You know, it just okay. It, it felt so much different musically. Um, the intensity was just higher, and uh, everything was pointing towards change for me, and so I just felt the need to to do something different. Great.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it looks great. I was just curious to see, you know, if there was anything behind that. But I think, like you said, I think you guys were, you know, morphing into a lot of different things with, like you said, Greg moving on and just, you know, writing a heavier album and experiencing some personal things in your life. So, yeah, no, okay. Um, All right, cool. So any upcoming tours you guys are, you know, having the works for in the future when you do release the new album?
2: Yeah, you know, we've been so busy with um, touring with Apocalyptica and doing our own headline right. all kind of summer. That was great. And now we just kind of are winding up the year with, uh, we just finished four or five really big festivals, which we felt just, you know, amazing to be on. Just really got home from the last one in Sacramento just last week, and it was just uh, one of the biggest you know, most mind-blowing lineups I've ever seen in music. It was incredible. So that was important for us to do. And, and now we're doing some radio shows. This kind of, I think, you know, with Halloween being over, we're all heading into the holidays here. So we're we're heading sure. down to, to our, our favorite radio stations uh, in Boise, Idaho, and Spokane, Washington. And we're playing a couple of shows with, um, with Red Sun Rising, just kind of some holiday shows. And that might oh, just great. take us to the end of the year.
0: Yeah. Very cool. All right, so let's why don't we switch sets a little bit now? And uh, you already gave us a little bit of an introduction to your um, your cooking background. So why don't you tell us a little bit about you know why hot sauces? You know, what was your interest? Are you are you a big fan of like spices and stuff like that? So tell us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, I love spicy food. I love hot food.
0: Always, okay.
2: um You know, on the lookout for something really good and. About three or four years ago, I, I discovered habanero peppers, scotch bonnet peppers, and just, I, you know, it's kind of like meeting a really great woman. <laughs> I just, okay. I, I was com- completely taken by it. I was, uh, okay. you know, I wanted I wanted that flavor all the time, and the heat that comes along with it, I really like as well. So, I just fell in love with this pepper Um so, you know, I tried to find some hot sauces out there that were made with habanero peppers that um that didn't have a lot of junk in them. But it was really hard. You know, every, everywhere, you know, it seems like I guess everything on store shelves usually has some sort of preservative or something right. that uh you know, you're not so sure if you should be eating it or not.
1: <laughs>
2: right. So, you know, with my background in cooking, I just started making my own and That seemed really simple, but of course it wasn't. It took me, you know, a few years to kind of get um, a recipe together and to get uh, a flavor that I was really happy with, and especially without, you know, using any kind of binders or, um, you know, ingredients that are wacky. So I was able to get there. So I got, you know, three flavors of this all-natural hot sauce that, um, you know, the more research I do on that, it's actually – you know, pretty healthy for you to have, um, capsaicin and, and uh, that's the, the hot stuff in, in peppers. Um, you know, there's a lot of health benefits to, to that as well. So I'm just kind of, I'm already eating it. And now, you know, I've just discovered these three flavors that I think are really great. The peach, uh, the pineapple and the beet, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I launched a Kickstarter around that just, uh, to kind of make the first batch
0: you know, a lot of our
2: fans are uh, international, and it's, you know, it, it's one thing to make your own hot sauce and sell it at the farmer's market down the street. <laughs> and it's right, another right. to try, try and get FDA approval and get it across a, an international border. Um, so, you know, I was I took a big part of this year and uh, and got the approvals from the right people. And so I'm able to now sell this stuff worldwide, um, so it's available for order now, and and I launched it through Kickstarter to kind of raise the funds to get it going because it's kind of a a little bit bigger than an endeavor than I thought it was going to be. Um, right. I'm working in a, a commercial kitchen now, and
0: uh, oh wow! You
2: know, so okay. There's, there's some minimums that need to be met, and and if you check out my little Kickstarter video, it's hilarious because I'm like talking about all this and obviously it's like, I have no, to use one ton. Of
0: I've, <laughs> I've watched it. I've donated to you. It's no, it's great. I think it's really professionally done. I think it's, yeah, I think you did a really good job. Yeah. It. Thanks.
2: Thanks. Yeah. It, it was, it was fun to make. And, um, you know, I was trying to get it, get across the point that I have to make this sauce with one ton of fruit and vegetables. And I'm, I'm going to try and get some video footage. of like a massive truck pulling up <laughs> with a ton
1: of, <laughs>
2: a ton of habaneros and, um, and all the other ingredients that go into it, but um, so it's been it's been a, an endeavor, and I, I've loved every minute of it. You know, it's 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 been fun, um, and now it's it's we're close to getting there. I mean, it's funny that this Kickstarter thing is the first one I've done, and uh, you know, you put a 30 day limit on it. We're already two weeks in, so there's only two weeks left to uh, to pledge and get in there, and basically just you know ordering some sauce or picking one nice. of the other rewards. And, um, and yeah, if, we, if we're – actually, we're almost – I think we're 70% of the way funded now, so we have two weeks to kind of do the rest, and hopefully all the, you know, hot sauce lovers and food lovers um, out there will just check it out. And, um, you know, it's, it's kind of the perfect time of year, too, because, we, you know, we've got everything ready for – in time for the holidays, so basically if you – you have, have perfect that, like, timing. in your
0: life, there you go. Yeah. Right. There you go. Definitely. So in terms of, I mean, I always find it fascinating. So, you know, who did you pitch this stuff to where, like you said, people were getting interested, you got a commercial kitchen. Like, like, how does that work? I always find that fascinating in terms of, you know, there's so many products out there and so many people, you know, trying to, to get their stuff on the market. Um, so talk a little bit about, you know, what you did and how your product you think is, I know you mentioned, you know, it's all natural and stuff like that, so that definitely separates you from some of the other stuff out there right now. But, um, yeah, in terms of your your goals and how you got to that.
2: Yeah, you know, it's a lot of pounding the pavement, to be honest. Um, Vancouver, my hometown here, is such an amazing uh, culinary city. You know, there's just um, an amazing restaurant scene here. There's a real... Uh, underground restaurant scene too. There's a supper club scene. There's an amazing farmers market, and um, you know, and obviously we're on the west coast, so the, there's just like fish and fresh sushi everywhere. It's just it's an amazing how right. to live in when it when it comes to food. Yeah. So um, so pounding the pavement was natural for me just to go talk to other people that um, that are in the industry and check it out. And, and like I said earlier, our friends and. Mm-hmm. Um, the coffee business, and uh, I know mm-hmm. a few chefs locally that are are really cool. Um, a girl I've come to know a little better over the last little bit, her name is Erin Ireland, and she's um, one of the just really cool food people in Vancouver. Um, she makes her own, she kind of has done a similar thing, but with uh, banana bread called To Die For. Um, so oh, just nice. it is a cool scene here you know and and I've right. had a lot of help from people that that have helped me not make some of the mistakes that um you might make without advice, so it's been right. fun um That's great. yeah, so I'm excited about it it it's it, it, it like I said before it's kind of this little side passion that I can have and uh and really enjoy.
0: Yeah, and who knows? I mean, your stuff, like you said, I mean, you're really trying to get it out there, and, and who knows what's going to become of it. You're definitely someone who is dedicated and, and perseveres and does not give up, you know what I mean? So, yeah, sky's the limit with the new product, so it's great.
2: And it's good. And it's
0: good. That's right. That's
2: right. And it's so good. Want everyone uh... good. It's kind of funny. Like, I always kind of forget that, you know, I started making this about three years ago. And I started testing it out on people, you know, just uh, family and friends. And then mm-hmm. I, I ended up sending a, a bunch to uh, to radio people like yourself, and just saying, you know, what What do you think of this stuff? And right. everyone's everyone's come back saying, um, I'm out already. I need more. And that's when right. I knew, oh, <laughs> I I gotta do something about it because I can't just you know be gifting this stuff to like hundreds of people all the time. I gotta figure this out. So. Um, it, it's been fun because the response to the actual flavors is, is really good, and you know it's not one of those hot sauces that um, that you know is like a mind-blowing competition hot sauce of how hot can you go. It's it's more of a a really balanced flavor kind of thing. So um, you know it's something you can eat every day, and uh, you know even people like my mom, for instance, she's not a huge hot sauce person, but she she can she can eat it, too, you know, so it's for everyone.
0: Right, she can tolerate it.
2: <laughs> exactly.
0: Right. Of course, I am her son, you know, she's
2: probably, like, just sucking it up for me and, you know, chugging right. a liter of milk right after.
0: <laughs> right. Well, I'll put this out there. If you ever need a psychologist to do focus groups and things like that, I'll be on board with you. All
2: right, I like it. All
0: right. <laughs> so, yeah, so, I mean, you know, just to, People just go to Kickstarter again. Type in your name or type in "hot" because that's the title of the the product.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think if you type in "hot" or "hot sauce," it's it's one of the first things that comes up. But you'll see it there. It's the the triple pack, basically the three the three colors: the pineapple, the peach, and the beet. You can't miss them.
0: Cool, cool. Well, we want everyone to definitely go there and uh, help you get that uh, 20% that you need in order to uh, get this thing really off the ground and where you need it to be.
2: Yeah. Thank you. I, I'm, I'm excited about it. And I think, um, like I said, if anyone wants this before the holidays, now's the time because I think we have 14 days left to take orders. Mm-hmm. And then um, it's looking like we'll, it's looking like we'll be successful in the campaign. So everyone who orders now will get, uh, get their sauce before the holidays and, Yeah, we'll just keep things rolling.
0: That's great. That's great. Well, great interview, Johnny. I mean, a lot of cool things that we went over. And I'm really looking forward to, you know, the full-length album when that comes out, as well as the success that you're going to have with your new uh, Hot Sauce product. So, yeah, I want to wish you much success with both endeavors.
2: Awesome. Thanks, Carrie. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah. So, and you're always welcome, back on. So when the polling comes out, if you want to come back on to uh, promote that, we can check out some more music. That would be great.
2: Yeah, we'll do it again for sure. Thanks, Carrie. I appreciate it.
0: Okay. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much, Johnny, for tuning in, and, and much success with everything you're doing. All right. Take care. Okay. You too. Have a great night. Bye. All right, everyone. Johnny Hetherington again from Art of Dying. If for some reason you tuned in late to the interview, a podcast will be available after it is over that you can uh, download or stream. You can get it right off of my radio station site, or you can also go to iTunes. All of my um, podcasts are on iTunes. So I've done about 200 interviews now, so please uh, check them out. Like I said, I really try to capture and take everyone on an interesting journey with each person I interview and make each interview really unique and different. Um So please become a fan of The Carrie Edelman Show on uh, Facebook, and you'll see all the updates we have for upcoming interviews. Uh, Next Monday, which is the, what is it, today is the 2nd, so it'll be the 9th, we have the theatrical rock band September Morning coming on, really cool band, so I'm really looking forward to uh, interviewing her. And uh, follow me on Twitter at Carrie Edelman, if you follow me, I will follow you back. And also, if you want to befriend me on Facebook, I'd love to keep keep in touch with people personally that way, too. Um, One of my pages is maxed out, so find the other personal page that's not and send me a friend request. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in and for the continued support with the show. And as I said, please check out the podcast. We have comedians, musicians, uh, filmmakers, all different types of people that I bring on that are doing some really great stuff. So let's uh, continue supporting them. Thanks so much, and have a great night.